like nostalgic. Movie review. Nerdy. Married man. Welcome back to another episode of New Nostalgic Movie Reviews. I'm David. And I'm Steven. And this week we are looking at my bad pick for the month, <laughs> which is the Netflix movie Death Note based off the anime. <laughs> and it hurts even saying that it's based off that because that anime American is so American adaptation. That, that anime is so... <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of our, both of our most beloved animes. It's one of the most intellectually amazing animes of all time. We are going to, we tried watching this movie with not looking at it from the perspective of comparing it to the anime. We will make some small comparisons here and there still. Yes, there will be small comparisons, but uh, despite being an adaptation, um, yeah, if you look at it from just the movie standalone, it's still bad. So we yeah. will talk about it. Uh, it doesn't have a very good rating. It's 4.6 <laughs> on IMDb. <laughs> it's really hard to talk about this movie without spoilers. So right off the bat, I am going to just say this movie. Well, let's get into like the cast and the title. And that's right. Yeah. That's right. So Death Note came out in 2017. It was an hour and 41 minutes and it's TV rated mature. Yes. Uh, the synopsis is uh, a high school student named Light Turner discovers a mysterious notebook that has the power to kill anyone whose name is written within its pages and launches a secret crusade to rid the world of criminals. Yes. Um, this is starring Nate Wolf, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Margaret Qualley, uh, Shay Wingham, Willem Dafoe, and Paul Nakauchi. Nakauchi, sorry. And a few other people, but that's just the main cast. It really focuses on like six people mainly throughout the entire film. There are other characters, but they're really small characters and insignificant. A lot of them don't even have their names said. Focuses is even like the wrong turn because if you can tell me more than one thing about any of those characters aside from Light, (laughs) please do because there's no character. Yeah, the characters are very all one note, one sided. They. Like, I'm a stern cop that follows all the rules. I'm an eccentric uh, detective who is an angry little child. I'm a smart person who is a scared little bitch all the time. (laughs) Uh, So as I was saying uh, before I I was going off beat, uh, this movie's really hard to talk about uh, without spoilers. So I'm just going to go ahead and say how I feel. And then we're going to jump into the spoilers. If I, if you don't mind if you oh, do go that. for it uh this movie uh is uh trash uh don't watch it don't ever watch it i hate myself for watching it and actually this is the second time i've seen it because you know because he wanted to force us both to watch it again even though we both hated it yep well we had to do it for the podcast you know it's it's for the viewers we gotta uh, tell you guys not to watch but i gotta say pl- yeah please do not watch this movie if you're interested at all in the story watch the anime the anime um, is phenomenal for me going into this with trying to have the perspective of i really wanted to try to focus on not comparing it to the anime and when i first watched this movie it was directly after i just finished the anime so it was fresh in my mind it was direct comparisons i hated everything about it i wanted to draw my eyes out with bleach after watching this movie i was like this is just as bad as avatar the last airbender's live action adaptation but for me this time watching it through a fresh perspective years later i didn't hate this as much as i originally did and looking at it as not a 
we're redoing exactly what the anime did. This is like we're going to take the concept of Death Note but put it in America. That's what this movie is. It's not a adaptation of it. It's a I'm retelling it in a different audience in a different field with different story beats. It's just unfortunate that it wasn't told well. Yes, but it still wasn't done well. But there is I I do say like there might still be some sort of audience for this. And maybe if you're not an anime person, but you want to know kind of the concept of the story, you could still get a little bit of that from here. What I feel like the biggest downfall for this movie is for me is it wanted to be Final Destination so badly at times. I think that's so true. If you try to watch this movie, even without thinking about the anime, if you've never seen the anime, and you're just looking at it from a storytelling perspective or just a, a movie on its yeah. own, I I still don't think it was written well. It, it is the most convoluted story, and it makes no sense. Like, it's so confusing. It, it tried to be too much all at once. And it, like I said, it tried to be many different movies at once. Like, not I'm not right. joking, and, like, you heard David's laugh reaction when I said the Final Destination thing. It's so true. So many of the deaths in this are just the most random, chaotic things ever. Like, the first death with the bully kid in this movie, he writes down the bully's name, and, like, he's bullying a kid outside, and, like, a, a car, like, is driving, and then a basketball goes out into the street, and then the, the car, like, swerves to avoid the basketball, and the kid chasing after the basketball, and then the ladder jumps off the back of the truck and decapitates the bully, and his head, like, explodes and there's a visceral, like... And it cuts off, like, right at where his mouth is. It's like the top half of his head comes off, and I will say, like... Which the visuals of some that of the, scene are incredible. The visuals of some of the deaths are really cool. That's one highlight I'll give this movie. The deaths are cool, but... Yeah, yeah the deaths are cool, inventive, but they felt like they deserved to be in a different franchise. Yeah. Like, they definitely felt like the person who was worked on Final Destination worked on this movie. It's like, what bring this really cool death scene into it? And they tried to find ways to incorporate it. Yeah. It seemed like they worked around the death scenes and not the other way around. Yeah, they there's so much like most of their visual budget was in the death scenes. Yeah, <laughs> I'd agree. So I guess before we really dive in dive into spoilers, next week we have an original versus remake episode yeah we are looking at hellboy from 2004 versus hellboy from 2019 now this is what i've been wanting to do for a while i had never seen the 2019 one and i've heard a lot of bad things about it so i wanted us to watch them both yeah so it's an interesting look at those movies next week and now on to the spoilers yes uh i think to start off i'd like to talk about the highlights okay because it's a short list Yes. First and most important highlight. Willem Dafoe as Ryuk. Perfect. Amazing. Beautiful. That's, Loved it. That's one of my highlights. Uh, I like I like Ryuk for his looks. He looks really good. Uh, Willem did a good job with what he was given, yes, to yes, be fair. Like, yes. Willem's amazing. He it, he should be cherished. But the writing for the character was not good. Yeah, I, I do think Ryuk was cool, though. Um, my... Only other uh, highlights are, we already mentioned, the deaths are kind of cool. This movie made me laugh a lot. So <laughs> it was enjoyable. Made me laugh probably for the wrong reasons, but it's enjoyable. And then my last highlight is it is not two hours. <laughs> so it, it didn't it, it didn't make you stay for too long without yeah, that. <laughs> which, which is a highlight and a downfall because this movie probably could have benefited from having more 
detail and character growth and whatnot. Yeah. But if I had to waste two hours of my life watching this, I probably wouldn't have made it. And even an hour 41 minutes was a little long. But yeah. I mean, I know the story itself needs time. I, so it's weird because like the uh, the Japanese live action version of this movie, I think is an hour and 48 minutes for the first one. Incredible. One of the most incredible adaptations I've ever seen in my entire life. I've, I haven't seen any of the Japanese uh, live-action ones. Just, just on point with the anime, so much so it's not even funny. They do change some things, but it's just to make it better for the story of a shorter story. Um, but, like, I also say with this one, the other highlights for me, I like the world reaction to Kida. Um, how people reacted to him with thoughts of him being a god or a superhero. And, like, there was that um, interaction where... L does catch up to him and some like baker walks outside taking out the trash and L's like this guy's cute you gotta help me stop him you call the police and he bashes L in the back of the head and he's like you go out there and you keep saving people's lives Kita and I love some of those moments like there are some really good moments with the world building in it parts of the aspect it, they just didn't do good with the individual characters um I love with uh like there's certain like scenarios like L or Light is talking with his dad and uh, on the police force about uh Kita and who Kita might be and Light points out what if L is Kita and his dad says to him I don't think I would I, you don't think I would know if I was sitting across the table from a killer while sitting across the room from Light who is Kita <laughs> you know it does kind of pull that really well from the anime yeah. Like, I, that that line, I guess, because something similar is said in the show. But well, and I actually like I didn't really care for the character of Mia for most of the part, but she played Psycho so well. No, well, sorry. Once it gets to like the end, when she actually becomes like chaotic Psycho, she plays it well. I don't think the character was written well, but I think the actress did good with what she was given. I think there that she times where I actually feel like she's batshit crazy. She's nuts without. Okay. <laughs> um, this soundtrack is decent. There's times where it's way too loud for the scenes. Yeah, I'd agree. The the music could be a little loud. I I don't know. I like I I don't think the soundtrack was good. Like the songs yeah. themselves might be good, but like for instance, the the Ferris wheel scene at the end when they start falling and that song started playing. Yeah, I just died laughing because it was so stupid. Well, and like I said. There's some parts that are decent. There's some songs that mesh really well. And there's other songs, like there's times where like Elle's chasing um, Light and it's playing this music that's just so loud. I had to turn down my TV because it's the loudest part of the entire movie for no reason. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why this music is taking all the sound out of this movie and being as loud as it is. And it, it is weird as hell. And I'm like, how, why, what, what were you doing? What was your thoughts with this? Who designed the audio for this? Because honestly, the audio is one of the biggest downfalls of this movie. Besides the character writing of the individual characters, like the visuals and the world building, great. The audio and the character. I don't think the terrible. world building's good. Maybe the visuals, but the world building is not good. Well, some of the world building with some of the reactions to Kida being a hero or a villain kind of thing. Like, I, I did like some of that stuff. It was small, but there wasn't it, even enough of it. Like, I, I agree that it still could have done better, but in trying to pull highlights of this movie, those are the things I could I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess that's pretty much all I have 
first thing. I think right. to put it bluntly, as far as like on a surface level for downfalls, all the characters suck. Light sucks. Mia sucks. They all suck. Mm-hmm. I think there's bad pacing. The beginning feels really crammed and rushed because they're trying to put so much information within the first eight minutes. Yeah. I mean, by that time, Kira or uh, Light already has the Death Note and is already telling Mia that he has it. But it's like, I, th- I think they should have taken the time to flesh out relationships and make any of the characters likable. Just one. I, I really, it took so much for me to understand why light just immediately is like hey i have this amazing power to kill people like instantly to this girl just because she talked to him once like it's so bizarre it's so weird she didn't even stand up for him she helped get him suspended she put him in bad situations she pretending never existed up until this point but she says one thing to him and they have a bonding moment of watching the bully's head explode and not being sad about it and then all of a sudden they're like we love each other we think you're fucking powerful. You're cool. <laughs> I was say she didn't watch the no. bully's head explode. It was just like that. I know, but they have that interaction because she talks about hearing about the head yeah, explode, and, and then he's like, "I actually saw this. His head actually exploded." Blah blah blah. And then they start having that bonding moment. So yeah, I kind of reiterated it fast, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, some of the things just didn't make sense. Like the first time we see Ryuk, uh, like light is in this classroom and. We don't know where the hell this powerful windstorm came from because no other time when Ryuk appears does this giant windstorm disrupt and destroy this entire classroom. And then it leaves light in the classroom. We don't know if he cleaned it up. He's in detention right now. The teacher comes back. Is he? What happens? Is he, he gone? Attention? <laughs> is he gone? Is what's going on? Like there's so many things that just like they do a bunch of random shit, a lot of chaotic shit. And then there's just nothing. There's no repercussions, no reactions, no nothing. One of the things uh, that I thought about was like Light and L are both supposed to be like really smart. Mm. And the movie says it, but their actions speak louder than words. Like, yeah. they, they are not smart. And I think like one of one instance that talks about that, like, uh, and yes, I'm going to compare the series. I'm sorry. But when Light gets the name Kira in the series, it's given to him by his followers because yeah. that's how they feel about him. And in the movie, he comes up with it. And I think the reason is so stupid because he's like, Kira kind of means killer in Japanese. So it's going to, you know, well, throw it off and make people think that I'm in Japan. He, he said it's actually Kira in Russian and Celtic is well, It means light, which I'm like, you're going to make your name mean the same thing. And if they look up Kita at all, they're going to see all the interpretations of Kita. They're not going to only see the Japanese version. But because I'm a killer and Kita kind of means killer in Japanese, I'm also going to say that they're going to all think it's just from Japan. But then they also do, the police totally find out, like, Kita means light. There's a guy named Light who lives in a policeman's house. <laughs> and it's like, there's so many things that are just so obvious. And they, they both react so emotionally, so instantly that there's no intelligence to it yeah because with intelligent people and logical people you really a lot of times think that they detach their emotions to think as logically as possible and for all the characters in this movie always talking about both these characters being as intelligent as they are there's several several times that it gets brought up but like david said it doesn't throw it in the movie and that's one of the things like we said with the anime that it is one of the most intelligent anime intellectual battles of all time I have never seen an intellectual battle the way that I have seen in that anime. But with this, it just 
And if you are going to make this a different story and bring it to New York, don't make it Light and L. Make it other people. Make it someone, because they changed his last name. Why not just change his name entirely? Why don't do an entirely different character that we wouldn't be able to compare from? Like, if you're going to say he's Light Turner instead of Light Yagami, just say he's Bob Turner. <laughs> and he got a Death Note in America. And it's not Ryuk, it's flabbergast and just we can have totally different characters with totally different interpretation where we wouldn't compare it or just don't make the movie well i'm okay with doing adaptations in different cultures but you have to do it differently or do it the same you can't do a mix of both like it's so weird you have to find a balance yeah i i think leading off of that like netflix especially but a lot of companies need to stop trying to make anime movies live action. They are not good. There there might be a few exceptions out there. That's fair. I just don't think it is something that needs to happen. Make your own movie. Do something else. Well, I, I don't think it's One necessary. of the things for me, and this is something that it's been hard for me to try to figure this out, but I think for me, one of the things... There's a lot of people who still refuse to watch any animes or any anime style of film. So for some people who want to get these stories out there, they want to make adaptations and interpretations of it for different audiences. This might not be we we are not the target audience for this. We love the anime. This is trying to get a whole different audience. Just kind of like yeah, a lot of the people audience. who didn't watch the show Avatar The Last Airbender loved the Last Airbender movie. Because it was completely new for them. It was new ideas, new things. Aside from, yeah. aside from a few examples, you're talking about how like people are wanting to make these movies as a different medium to get the stories out there. Yeah. And that's fair. But when you see an adaptation like this or other ones out there, I don't think that. Yeah. I think they're just trying to make money off of a property just because the company wants more money. There is some truth to that as well. It's ridiculous. There's a little bit of probably both in uh, there. So one like one thing that frustrates me about some of the characters in this movie are uh, character quirks. Like adaptations seem to want to take character quirks from like the anime or other shows and they want to give them a reason for why they have those character works. <laughs> yeah. And, and the example I'm bringing up is L liking sweets. Yeah. And the anime he's, he just likes sweets because it's his quirk. He just enjoys candy. Who doesn't enjoy candy in the movie? They feel like they have to give him a reason to why he's eating candy. And the reason is so stupid. What Tari's, <laughs> Watari's explaining to him that eating candy, the insulin spike from the candies will focus your mind. And like, what? Then I'm like, what what reason you don't need a reason to eat sweets? And I think like no one is asking why Ryuk likes eating apples, because it's shown in the movie a lot. But it's funny because in the anime, that is actually explained. Because it's weird that, you know, a Shimigami would enjoy eating apples from earth you know like that's something weird enough that it's explaining in yeah. the anime where it's like l just likes candy i know that was a weird rant oh no it's, it's just an example of some of the stupid writing in this um it's some of the things in this are also just like way too like readable like you can tell right off the bat mia and light are gonna have a fight over the book and ryuk even says like i like this one she's got wonderful ideas and he keeps threatening to get rid of light 
Just get rid of the book. I'll find somebody else. And you know who the first name will write in that book is? It's yours. And I do not like how much Ryuk was like, I have a lot of power and you don't. If you try to kill me, I'll kill you. If you try to get rid of the book, I'll kill you. But I want you to get rid of the book. And it's like, I have all these powers that I need to be able to kill you. But at the same time, like, I can't kill you. But, like, I'm going to keep threatening you. And it's such a weird interaction between the two. And it's funny because Ryuk never actually tells Light directly get rid of the book he says you can get rid of it by leaving it alone for seven days other than that he never actually flat out says get rid of the book whereas like later in the movies like i like i told you to get rid of it but then he actually never did well there's one instance where he says like uh lose the book and i will find someone new and then i will try to convince that owner to write down your name like he literally says that line and that's when he's he's explaining to him like you can get rid of it he's not flat out saying true i want you to get rid of it but like and then i just didn't even like a lot of the things because it didn't even explain how mia was using the book and them being able to like rip out pages of the book like there's so many other rules that they go over and he talks about reading like over like a hundred rules but they only show like four rules in the movie well a lot of the rules don't make sense like they talk about which kind of conflicts with mia's plan so i mean she can write in the book and still cause deaths even if she doesn't own the book i mean it's yeah names written in there like that makes sense and she explains it or at the end yeah but the thing i find funny is it is told in the movie multiple times that it takes seven days to relinquish ownership of yeah. the book. But then Mia writes in the book, Light is going to die at midnight unless he gives me the book. Yeah. But it's like, that doesn't make sense. The movie itself takes place over like maybe two days. Whereas how is he going to get rid of the book and give her ownership by that time because the rule says seven days. Well, and here's another thing of not an intelligent choice in this movie that I really, really hated in this. He has possession of the book. He knows where the book is. She's making him relinquish the book because she wrote his name in it. Just before this scene, they talk about how if they burn someone's name or burn a page in the book, it saves one person's life. He has the book in his hand with the page with his name on it. Burn it right there. He has a lighter in his pocket. Burn it right there where you have the book. Then be like, oh, your little fucking trick didn't work. I no think, more burning names. Write down her name immediately. I think that rule in itself is really stupid because it says only one page can be burned to save one person's life. Yeah. But every page has so many different names written on it. What happens if it's like you want to save one person on the page? You have to burn that whole page, but it's like well, so many names burned. I think it's, it's such a stupid rule. I think it's going with the same mentality of like the snap in infinity where or no it's even just the killing in the books with the books you have to have vision of the person's face and their name so you actually have to picture them in your mind so when you're burning the page you're picturing the name that you want to save so how does that work at the end when the page burns he's picturing saving his own life but he the rule he writes in the book is that she which i mean in itself this is so stupid <laughs> it is stupid. so uh, like she he writes in the book that as they're falling she magically pulls the paper out of the book and burns it yeah but so by your logic it would be her that has to be picturing him no 
because yeah. he wrote that in the book to be that way. So he wrote it with the mental image in himself. Because you, when you, it's when you're writing that you have to have the mental image. Yeah, so but him, she wrote, so she has no, to burn it to think about it. No, he wrote, it will fall into the fire and save my life. So him having the visual of him being saved and then it being burnt is See, what saved it. And this is why the rules <laughs> in the movie are stupid yes. because they don't make sense. Also, this does the same high school tropes every high school does. It has a freaking high school dance in it that is just nothing. Also, talking about how dumb this character is, this character who is trying to get away from all the cops, trying to do everything to get the scent off of him. He has people... The cops are tailing him at all times. He has people surveillancing his house at all times. He has people surveillancing everything. He uses his personal cell phone to text his girlfriend, plans with the death note, and text each other back and forth of, I have the book. I did this. Where are you? I'm doing this. I'm running away from this. I'm like, what are you doing? They can look at your phone records. Are you that dumb? Like, they don't use anything else. He's talking to a Tory. He controls... Uh, L's main man to go try well, to find his identity. That that, that whole, whole thing is stupid. Is, like, so it's like you can control someone for forty eight hours. Yeah, apparently. Well, you can tell or do things or or. So the problem with that is with Watari, you can tell people to do things or tell you things that they already know. Yes. So, the fact that uh, a criminal. He, he, he writes it so that a criminal has to go and get the book, which he doesn't know what the book is, or then write in it, which he doesn't know what it is, and then bring it to light after two days. So I guess it's not Ratari, but this criminal yeah. we're talking about. That doesn't make sense. Because it says you can only have them tell you or do things that they already know how to do. Well, he knows how to pick up a book. Yeah, but... He doesn't know where it is. He, he doesn't says know it's in the river. It's he says it's so after stupid. the Ferris wheel falls down, you will go to the river and pick up the book that will wash up next to you. It doesn't say like just pick up the book of death, <laughs> the death note. Well, yes, but it has a title of death is. note on the in the top of the book. But then, like, also the the rules in itself are they just kind of wishy washy or conditional? There's like the rule with the Ferris wheel: kill Mia. If she takes the book from light, why is that? Like, yeah, it's I, not don't established like, I don't in the like the conditional, conditional rule. <laughs> and then also with now, now with Watari, he tells Watari to go get him the name of L. Yeah. L's real name. How come when he has the name right in front of him, he suddenly stops and hesitates and lets himself be killed. Whereas he writes down, Watari gives me the name. You'd think that since he's mind controlling someone, they would be like, it should have gave him I'm the just name gonna, I'm because, gonna do everything in my power to yes. tell you the name. Even with his dying breath, he should have been saying the name. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was written that he gives him the name, so it should have happened. Because everything else that he wrote for Watari did happen. So I agree with you on that. That's also another something. Also, uh, you have to know the full name of someone to put them in the book. Yeah. So apparently, Watari is just like, you know, share or something. He only has one <laughs> name. Because he only writes Watari in the book. Apparently he has no last name. But also, that's stupid on L's part because L makes it a point to hide his image. But then he is having Watari say who he is or telling people about Watari on the news. Yeah. Also handing out his business card. Like, 
so stupid. Yeah. No, like I said, there's a lot of just stupid things in this. And for being, like, always someone that they always talked about being the most composed person, when L snaps, when Watari goes missing, it seems so out of place. That's such it's, an abrupt and stupid, like, he's unhinged and... It's well, inconsistent with his character. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I did say one of the things that I wanted to say with, uh, thoughts I had with some of the rules that I found with really funny lines is Ryuk says, there has to be, like, feasible things that happen. No shark attacks coming out of the toilet, even though that's really funny. <laughs> Which, that's like... <laughs> when Ryuk says that, they must be possible. I, I It makes me think about the Ferris wheel again, where it's like... He writes that he falls to safety in the water, Mia dies, and then you're, like, pulling out and, like, throwing it. Yeah. But then, it's just... It doesn't well, make sense. He's defying the laws of physics with these deaths. I don't think that defied any laws of physics. They both just fell. And she fell on the ground, he fell into the water. I don't think it was a... But the thing is with this, is like I said, it's so Final Destination-y that they like force all these things to have happened in a certain way that these things would still happen. It's well, not like... Because in the anime, what he does mainly for killing these criminals is if you do not write a cause of death in the movie, or in the book... They just die of a heart attack. So in the anime, he's killing millions and hundreds of thousands of criminals around the entire world with just heart attacks. People around the world are just dying of heart attacks who are criminals. And it's crazy. And the amount of... Uh, in the anime, it really shows how much he's changed the world with that. Because he... Uh, they, I even saw this video where they actually did the math. By him killing the amount of people that he killed, um, crime weight went down from like 20% in Japan and the most of the world, like a flat rate of like 20% all around the entire world to 2%. It's insane. And the amount of people that were like getting murdered every year was in the millions. It went down to like a hundred people getting murdered a year. And it was just like, holy crap. Like everyone is terrified of doing a single crime <laughs> because they're like, this god will kill me if I commit crimes. Like, and that's something that I just don't think they did well with this adaptation is they didn't show any fear. Like they showed some of the representation of people thinking he's a god or he's a superhero or how is he doing it or it's fanatical or, oh my God, he's only killing killers. That's really cool. But they didn't really explore like what that means to the world. Yeah. Well, so I... I think uh, Light is very stupid. This time going off topic again. Oh, go for it. Uh, he makes his convoluted plan at the end, which again, I think the rules are stupid. Apparently yeah. you can manipulate paper. <laughs> uh, but he makes this convoluted plan to have like that criminal write names in the book while he's in a coma to show he's not Kira. Yeah. But he's trying to clear his name with this plan, even though no cops actually think he's Kira. The only person that does is L, who is shown to be just absolutely nuts yeah. in, in other people's eyes. So I'm like, why is he even trying to clear his name? No one really thinks he's Kira. It makes no sense. One of the things I really did like, though, is at the end of the movie, his dad figures it out. And he says to him, like, I, I knew it. You You are Kira. And it's like, I can't believe I I didn't see it earlier. Like, why, what, why did I not see this earlier? And it is just like really kind of an interesting thing. Just the way he was acting, he was able to like point out some of the details. 
and find that out. And it was the only like really good thing I had with his dad throughout most of the movie is he was like, oh, he finally figured it out. Yeah. And then I, I did kind of like that L remembered that there was still uh, a page in the calculus book. And so we went back to Mia's house and found the calculus book and found the page alluding to that might be more. So and and that scene also frustrates me because uh, at no point is at no point does L actually find out how Kira is actually killing people. Yeah. One time it might allude to that is when he walks up to the fire and he sees the page burning that says light dies at midnight. Yeah. But that being said, that doesn't prove anything. So when it shows him go back to the house and he's like about to write the name on a paper that has a bunch of names on it, how does he know it's like a magic paper? True. Like there's there's no reason for him to know how it works because at no point does he learn how it works. Yeah. Uh, as far as uh, some of the other L problems I had, the confrontation in the diner. He accuses. Oh God. He accuses Light right off the bat. I 100% know that you're Akira. Yeah. And then they just start yelling at each other and screaming and like, it's so stupid. Whereas like, in the anime, they're more, they more or less have a cat and mouse relationship game going on where like everything they say is meaningful to their own game and their own outcome they want. And they're not ever like, no one hearing their conversation knows that he's admitting to being Kira, but L or Light is always being like, "I'm not telling you I'm Kira, but I'm also saying I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not." <laughs> he, he basically flat out says he's Kira right there. Yeah, I know. He it, says it, like in this adaptation, yes. Yeah, in in the movie, it's so stupid. But but when he flat out does admit it, and it's it's really stupid when he does admit it. Yeah, and it, it goes again with what I was saying. Like I really just hated how much he was so stupid. Like the very First two people he kills even were his school bully and the person who murdered his mom. (laughs) And then he's always texting about his plans to his girlfriend. And then he has that big fallout thing with his girlfriend. He has the cops chasing him. He admits to the lead investigator that he has Kira. And I'm like, you are the dumbest criminal I have ever met. Well, I gotta say, like, both Ellen Light are so frustrating and there, there's that stupid chase scene at the movie first off l steals a police car <laughs> and then he uh finds light he's speeding around the city he doesn't know where light is and he, they're in like seattle and then suddenly after speeding and crashing and through a bunch of things it's like oh hey look there's light that's convenient <laughs> and then they start off a chaotic foot chase and Light is sitting there making a mess, like trying to knock things over to stop Elle from chasing him, which makes sense in most movies. Yeah. If they're close behind you. Whereas in this movie, there are points that the only reason Elle knows where Light is is because Light left a mess trail showing where he was going. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, and then on top of them both making mess- messes that are unnecessary, they're also just so mean to all the other people around them. Like... They run past and push people. And the one that frustrates me the most is L sits there and runs through uh, a bar and he jumps on the bar and is stepping on and kicking off people's food. And then he flat out pushes a guy's face into his food at the bar yeah. and then jumps off the bar and runs around. It's like, why are you being unnecessarily mean to other people? But like Such just, a stupid chase. It, it just Worst seems... chase ever in a movie. It is really, really terrible. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have. Um... Because I was just like, 
small other little tiny tiny I got meaningless things. But if you want to go more, I got just just a few more things. Okay, uh, these two things kind of coincide. I feel like sometimes the movie is missing some scenes. Uh, like it, there's like a lot of weird jumpy cuts where yeah. it feels a little confusing or something should have been there, and along with to come up with like bad editing and cuts. One example I have is like. L learns some bad news at a point and L instantly it cuts to him picking up a phone and just start talking into it, telling something what they need to do, even though he didn't dial a number. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the last thing about the movie are uh, the ending cut and then also the credits uh, during the end. It, it has like this weird, hilarious, abrupt cut. And I, I thought it was an accident by first or at first. Because it shows Light's face, like, looking confused as Ryuk says, like, humans are so interesting. And it looks like Light might be about to say something, but then it just cuts the credits. Yeah. And then the credits don't really feel well because it shows, like, they show a lot of behind-the-scenes footage, which I love seeing in movies. And they, like, show bloopers and stuff. But I feel like it didn't make sense when where this movie was supposed to be, like, a serious supernatural movie. Yeah, you don't really see it with horror movies bloopers ever. It, it's usually in comedy movies. It didn't make sense. I mean, that made me wonder, like, if you don't think of this movie as a serious supernatural, like, dark story, and maybe look at it as maybe a dark comedy. Yeah. Maybe it works, because there are some silly scenes, but it's... It just didn't feel right. The credits were really... It felt really weird having, like, bloopers yeah. and stuff. But, For sure. Uh, to, to finish off, uh, I know this kind of dragged on a little long. Oh, uh, that's fair. This movie is... Uh, it's not worth watching. I think that there is some entertainment in this movie. I think that if you are interested at all in this and want to see some of it for yourself, want to see some of the cool Final Destination kind of kills in this movie... There is some reason you might want to watch this, but for me personally, I also do not like this movie. I will never buy this movie. I'll probably never watch this movie ever again. Um, I didn't hate it as much as I did the first time, but I just really just hated how dumb the criminals were in this movie. Well, I, I think the characters need to be more than one note character. Yes, for sure. Some character growth and some background to them. Like, just kind of like we were talking about with... Uh, how to Train Your Dragon, we were talking about character growth and almost the entire cast of characters, an entire town of people all having character growth. And this one didn't have anyone, no one had character growth in this movie. Not a single person grew at all. They stayed the same note the entire movie. Well, like, Mia, tell me one thing about her. The only thing I can remember about her is sometime in the middle of the movie she says, I'm a cheerleader, Light. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, she's a psycho girl. That, yeah. That's it. But uh, yeah. all the characters are one note, and they need some depth. <laughs> they really do. And the story needs depth. It's true. So, so yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, again, next week we're looking at the comparison between the Hellboy movies. Yep, so yep, join yep. us then. Bye.